it's what is the origin and major evolutionary processes of human beings. Okay. Yeah. So to start off for the, just recording purposes, please introduce yourself. Uh, so I'm Dr. Alex Tomes. I'm a teacher at Central High School. Um, and I have my PhD in biology. All right. And then, how long have you been in the field of biology? Uh, 13, 14 years. Um, yeah. Uh, post high school. Oh, straight out of? Yeah. Well, I, I started my undergrad in biology and I was doing research then. So mm. I'm kind of counting that. So yeah, about 13, 14 years. Very cool. Um, what caused your interest in this field? Uh, I like understanding how the world works around me. I have a lot of curiosity about life and um, biology being the study of life uh, is very interesting to me. I like a lot more of the ecology, evolution, and organismal biology side versus um, human or medical or living um, animal side, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so this is something that you're going to actually be pretty familiar with. Yeah, I've, okay, ta good. I've taught an evolution course. Oh, wow. So, okay. yeah. Um, what was the most interesting thing you discovered while studying human evolution? The most interesting thing. The biggest thing. <laughs> I'm sure it's a lot because I'm, I'm pretty... Oh, uh, yeah. That's a fun one. <laughs> the most interesting thing. Um, I don't have a time limit, do I? Because I, I was going to say pause because i got to think for a second. Yeah, like, sure. No, you're fine. Um... I didn't know if uh, the most interesting or human evolution. Uh, what probably interests me the most, I guess, right now, is the mixing between human-like species. So, if we're humans as Homo sapiens, you know, there's Homo neanderthalus um, or neanderthalus, mm -hmm. um, and there's mixed evidence on whether or not we interbreed with Neanderthals. Mm. Um, and I always like to think I'm evidence of that because of my huge brow and long arms. But Neanderthals were a little bit shorter. Mm. Unfortunately, I guess I'm not. But uh, they were shorter, longer arms, stronger, uh, hairier. Um, but we could interbreed with them because we do have the same chromosome number and we're very close species. Um, so really, I think that's interesting to me is when we started, it's, it's a very, there's no, you know, we like to think of evolution in terms of black and white of like, mm -hmm. you had Homo erectus, Homo habilis, Homo, five different stages. Yeah, yeah. And, but those stages are thousands of years. So it's not like here's this, here's that. Right. Um, so there's a whole process behind I'd it. I'd like to know, um, about human evolution, you know, things like that. You know, we think maybe there are wars between Neanderthals and sapiens, and it's kind of fun to think, well, maybe, you know, we could have gotten one or the other, or we had a mix of both, but that's uh, pretty interesting. So you're taking it a step farther, like, instead of just saying, like, these are different stages over a course of, like, a, a lot of time, you're yeah. saying that these different species coexisted. tribal, you know, because we spread, you know, you may get to that question, you know, we either spread out of Africa or spread out of Asia, where right. humans originally evolved, and... There's a, a good evidence for both, a lot more with Asia coming through, but um, 
whether wherever we started, you know, once you spread out, you make tribal units or tribal animals, mm -hmm. packs of, you know, a hundred or less. Right. And uh, it's not unrealistic to think that packs of maybe different species, Neanderthals were sapiens battling out. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, not just one or the other. It yeah, was just right. coexisted, started in one area, spread out, mm -hmm. and that's how we got and the maybe different there evolution. Were, you know, evolution can uh, really thrive in geographically isolated areas like islands or mountain ranges or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so who knows? Right. Yeah. Um, can you? Uh, we're doing another interview now. Can you hang out for a little bit? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm in anatomy, so. Oh, I'll want just, me to come get you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, are you religious at all? Uh, well, I know where this is kind of going, and this is—it's going to affect the way the next question I ask. Yeah, for sure. this is a whole. I mean, you can ask me whatever you want. You won't mm -hmm. offend me, regardless of my answers. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking of how to answer the question based off what we're discussing. Am I religious? And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just no. basically how it influences. Sure, I have some religious thoughts, but... Um, Are you firm? In no, but anytime, you know, and this is one thing we teach a lot in biology education is, you know, science is the natural world, and we use science to explain the natural world. Mm -hmm. um, religion is supernatural, and, you know, when people have inner conflicts with evolution and religion. I mean, that, that's really kind of a personal inner conflict thing. My job as a, as a scientist is never to disprove or include any supernatural thought with the natural right. because as a scientist, I can't measure it, I can't see it, I can't do anything with it. Right, and religion's strongly based on yeah, what you can't see, it's what you right. believe. So, I mean, the natural world is not the supernatural. So right. really when we teach things like evolution, we'll even We'll change the topic, or other schools have of, you know, we call evolution change through time. Mm -hmm. Just changing how you call something that can be triggering like evolution, mm -hmm. or if someone has a very firm religious wall about how man became man, um, they may just shut down any, any thought of evolution just hearing the word. So even changing it to change through time has been helpful for us. But yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't mess with her deal or even, I mean, I have no right to discuss any of it as far as science, mm -hmm. either as any scientist. And if they are discussing it, that's not science, so. Right. Yeah. So you just kind of leave them in their separate positions. Yeah, they, I mean, because they are separate. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Um, so does this influence, uh, I guess since they coexist, it really doesn't influence what you see, what you've research what you right so yeah, you it just, doesn't okay i remember you know uh i'm known for going on random stories so feel free to cut any of this that you don't need to use but you know i remember as a kid we were very religious as a family we were mm -hmm. catholic and i remember in like first grade there was like an evolution poster above the board and i was like mm -hmm. oh i've never i i didn't know that that's how it went down or that was another idea right but honestly like it's Things like that that really got me interested because I, I never heard of them. I was taught just religious things. So, right. Yeah. Well, growing up, yeah, like you yeah. said, I was. My family yeah. is very religious. Yeah. We've kind of. Uh, yeah. I don't want to say straight away, but I've become less. Yeah. I mean, because everybody will find their own path. Right, and the more you look at it, the more like I mean, science, like you said, is more yeah. based on what you can observe, what you can learn, yeah. not opposed to just what's told to you and which you're just gonna yeah. take what it is. But blind belief, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously that poster was the 
five stages, and this was, was the first. That was the very first introduction of anything other than what I feel like Legion said. I mean, who knows? But I was right. so young. Right. It, it is a moment that I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, based on off of just the different theories, what is the strongest theory, or even just evidence in general? Like what? indicates the, uh, the evolution of man yeah where we start i mean something i've heard asked is if we evolved from monkeys why are there still monkeys sure um and that's where i i got into a ted talk okay. that went farther than that but so that that's yeah that's a good point um and that's a very old argument mm-hmm. uh, that a lot of people use and people will still say but um you know, evolution doesn't have a goal. Sometimes people think evolution has a goal, and human beings is the end goal. Um, and that's not true. Evolution is blind. We, we call it the blind watchmaker um, because it's a very, we are very detailed, very complex organisms. Um, and to come about the state we are in now randomly is very hard for many people to imagine, but um, we're, we're not evolved, here I go using the word again, to, to be able to understand time ranges um, that we're dealing with here. You know, we're talking millions of years of evolution, and you know, we live a hundred. Right. Um, but, yeah, monkeys are still around because they're just a different species. Mm-hmm. Um, we're more closely related to chimpanzees. And another misnomer is, you know, we did not evolve from chimpanzees. Mm-hmm. We shared a common ancestor. Um, in evolution talks, what you refer to as the most recent common ancestor. And us and chimpanzees have the most recent common ancestor um, with us between any other organism. Right. But, yeah, chimpanzees were not around when our former selves were around either. They were something different. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they evolved into what they what are. They are now. Right. And, and we think of ourselves as, like, the goal, but things are just different. I mean, other species can do far greater things than we can do. We mm-hmm. just think very well, so we think we're the end result, but hey, we can't breathe underwater, we can't fly, we can't Right, there's adaptations that we don't have that others may. I mean, it's, a lot yeah. of it's geography, yeah. is from what I, mean, I understand. I wish I could swing from a tree and, <laughs> and crush skulls like chimpanzees do. Yeah. Uh, but no, chimpanzees are super strong, super fast, smart, and they have a lot of characteristics that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we didn't evolve from chimps or from monkeys we just shared a common ancestor so right. there's no need for any species to go away right and like you said you actually quoted something exactly from a TED talk that i uh it, there's a professor i can't remember his name off the top of my head but he's the lead he's at least he has the largest biology class um in the nation i think it's louisiana okay. uh, lsu okay. um but he also said the same thing like yeah. we aren't the end goal there is no right. goal of evolution it's yeah. just how you can improve basically That's right. um, but his standpoint was he did start with I mean if we evolved from monkeys why are there no monkeys or why are there still monkeys mm-hmm. so he took it back farther than that to actually the original thing that I was told was a single celled organism Sure, uh, it spread to different single cells yep. which then developed into multi-cell yep. and you start with trees and then into fish and stuff like that yeah, so it really talk- calls everybody fish yes that's um, right I mean when we talk about evolution we need to be specific on where like the right. origins of life, that's a whole different game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, and there are good theories about how we think life originated, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's that's literally billions of years older than humans. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, humans itself, right, we did start off, there's a book called Your Inner Fish by <laughs> Professor Neil Shubin, and mm-hmm. he goes about, you know, the first land-type creature was called Tiktaalik, okay. uh, T-I-K-T-A-A-L-I-K maybe, but Tiktaalik is the famous creature that is 
like half water, half land, mm-hmm. where its fins or flippers like were more feet like to move on land. So, okay, but uh, yeah, there's um, yeah, we all came from water and they went back to the water. That's what whales are, yeah. So, whales evolved back up on land like us because we're, we're all mammals, but then they went back into the water, and their evolutionary process took mm-hmm. them back to being fit mostly for water um and another thing he talked about or no this is a separate ted talk actually um was the whether or not evolution is speeding up or slowing down Uh, i think he took it back to tibet where the quickest uh, evolutionary process ever reported i guess was three thousand years yeah that was the fastest so that brings back to what you were saying like it doesn't you're looking at it from different time periods. It's it's not an immediate thing. Yeah. It's over a course of generations. DNA, genetics. I mean, it's just yeah te- developments. Technology may change things, and that that's a good debate of has evolution stopped or changed speed. Mm-hmm. Um, with the advance of technology, there are things that evolution would probably select for, um, or I'm sorry, select against and be phased out of the population. You know, we have diseases where you. Sh- this sounds cruel like say you should die young but mm. I mean you know, we have diseases that would cause an early death it, without advanced technology whether it's in medicine or right. actual equipment even though health. most people would probably die young but that's where the I evolutionary mean, process comes in we're like yes it would be that case for a long time I mean, but then yeah the easiest example or the quickest one that comes to mind is like a type 1 diabetic mm-hmm. a type 1 diabetic you know can very easily die without insulin and if this were, you know, the year, you know, 1,000, whatever we want to be, mm-hmm. um, or even a couple hundred years ago, before we had insulin, you know, these people wouldn't make it to reproductive age to pass on their offspring. So natural selection would select against genes that don't, you know, produce insulin. But now that we have medicine to make it, that's not being selected against. Mm-hmm. So the, there's less need for yeah, evolution just because yeah, of the technology. It's, it's a it's a funny thing. Um, yeah. Our intelligence from evolution is what causes us to slow down. Evolution, yeah, is what it sounds like. I know it's it's it'll be a tricky thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's I think a lot of that is where the argument of artificial intelligence comes Smart in. Who? Smart no, I she's gone today. I'm the substitute teacher. What do you need, buddy? Well, we want to know if her son was at school today. Oh. Because we need him for the yearbook. Yeah, I don't know, bud. All right, you can go ask the office. All right. Um, all right, next question is, do you have any personal theories on human origin, evolution, anything like that? Anything that just from your research has really kind of sparked something? About humans? Mm-hmm. Or um, in evolution in general, honestly. Right. Uh, here's a fun thing I'm on recently, the fun things about evolution. There, there's a book um, called The Botany of Desire by Michael Pollan. Mm-hmm. And he talks about kind of are plants shaping us or are we shaping plants okay. uh, throughout evolutionary time and the major plants he'll talk about are things like coffee and apples and tobacco um, and are we choosing plants that have bigger fruits and there and then we're developing better trees or are the trees almost making traits that we enjoy it's it's kind of this like philosophical uh, directional debate of evolution on co-evolving. You know, we're changing, plants are changing, we're changing plants. Right. But, uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting... Is that a belief of all time, just the, you know, uh, the, I think the relation between all these different it's, things? It's, it's, you know, post-agricultural um, and domestication of, uh, or domestication of animals, mm-hmm. where 
you know, we're, we're definitely, you know, we're in a new geological era called the Anthropocene, um, you know, because humans now, or an organism being humans, is changing, shaping the planet. Um, and the effects of technology, us with other organisms, that, that's all really fascinating to me. And I, I don't know, those are interesting fields to see where that goes and what we find out. Right. Yeah. Um, how could I narrow down this topic for my project? How could you, what's, um, or is your project supposed to be, or like the length or anything, or? No specific length, I mean, minimum of 750 words is really just about it, but. Okay. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'll use this probably. You don't need to send it to me. I think this looks pretty good. Just glance at it, but that's like all that I've covered too. Yeah, well, I was just like, I'm like done and over it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm dead. All right. Um, I'll have plenty more than to narrow so, it down. Yeah, or even just is right. there a different point that I could hit to elaborate on, and maybe it's, I mean, um, kind of takes precedence over those two things. Uh, I would pick a time range. Okay. Um, you know, because when you say, like, human evolution, it's like, well, do you mean from, you know, 10,000 years ago to now, 5,000 where maybe Neanderthals around? Do you mean 100,000 years ago where we were Australopithecus and, mm -hmm. you know, little chimp-like creatures? Um, I would pick a time range and say, hey, I'm going to focus on, or a grouping, I want to mm -hmm. focus on the change from Australopithecus which was pre-homo, the mm -hmm. genus we are, to like homo. Or I'm gonna focus on when we started using tools. Was mm -hmm. it homo erectus? Was it homo habilis? Who first used tools? So I can target evolutionary. Yeah, yeah. I, I would pick like an era uh, or a major finding in human evolution. Uh, and I'd focus on that. I mean, you could write a, there are books written on just those small changes and stuff. Right. But, or, you know, man, what's so interesting to me is I, I love the out-of-water stuff. When did we come out of water? How do we know? What did the organisms look so like? So if you were to write this paper, is that some, is that what the time period you would kind of rage it in? Maybe. I Maybe. like that Tiktaalik creature. Plus, one, I think it's a cool name. It really is. <laughs> Tiktaalik. I, I had know. never heard of it. Um, um, I've probably seen a picture, though. <laughs> it's so goofy looking. Um, yeah, I, I'd pick a... I'd pick a major evolutionary change in folks in around what's a major evolutionary change that you've noticed or come across one is like you know an interesting one is the hole in the back of our head uh the foramen magnum so that's where our spine enters into our skull mm. and we can measure or we can determine when we went from more like tree-like or four legs to two because like chimps the hole where the spine enters the head is higher up so you can be down your four four you know their arms and legs. Right. They can be down on fours more rather than twos where we are meant to be upright so it's like below our head, mm. you know, where it's not comfortable to be like that all the time. Right. Um, that's a huge thing that, you know, evolutionary scientists have looked at of comparing skulls and it's so interesting to me, there's um, The Greatest Show on Earth by Richard Dawkins is about evolution. Mm. Um, and it's amazing how we can find a few bones, a bone, half a skull, mm. and develop, you know, size, structure, walking gait, everything from just that. And learning how we do that, places like, hey, where's just the hole in the head for the spine? Mm. That's really interesting to me. And uh, that was really eye-opening to, 
I never knew how, how do we know this thing walked upright? How do we know this thing was in trees? Well, a lot of it is anatomy of the bones we find, and that's, that's cool to me. So with these bones, you said they find fragments, whatever, and then they yeah. just develop this whole, um, is that due to technology or because we just, the research we've done prior? Tech and comparative anatomy. So they okay. use a lot of organisms around that time mm -hmm. or other pieces or humans. And reconstruct. And they can kind of say, hey, because of this, it's likely to look like this. Okay. Or because of that one we found over in Asia, this African one, which is a little bit younger, this is probably like this. Um, it's interesting how we solve those puzzles of mm -hmm. anthropology. Yeah. What do you think the accuracy of these reconstructions are? I mean, obviously uh, technology isn't perfect and yeah. we do make mistakes, but... I think, I think, you know, that's a relative almost question or answer on I think the accuracy is very high mm -hmm. for what they have I think okay. what they can do is amazing so there could be variations to it but yeah as far as how the close whole... is it to reality right that's um I don't know if I can put a number of it let's hope it's better than half right I don't I mean because there could be so much variability it's exciting and we're learning about that you know evolution non-human but like with dinosaurs mm -hmm. you know we thought dinosaurs were scaly reptiles for decades and mm -hmm. now we're finding out they were all feathered and right. some were fast some were slow and how we figure that out is really cool to me mm -hmm. I like that um, yeah speed with animals you know we do like ratios of tibia to fibula bones in your leg and it's directly correlated to speed with current modern day animals so that's how and we know when we find like a piece of a femur of a homo species, or homo habilis erectus, whatever it may be, mm. we can start to estimate speed and size and everything else. That's, that's cool. Yeah. It is. Um, today, what do you believe is the biggest factor in the evolutionary processes? The biggest factor. Mm -hmm. um, Whether that be global warming or lack of resources. Technology. Technology. Yeah, just purely technology. Yeah, we've come Me a long way with that. It's really. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep people not just people and we'll keep organisms alive to the point where they can reproduce what they wouldn't have in the wild and that's what's changing evolution is allowing we're increasing evolutionary fitness which is how many offspring you make artificially with medical technology so do you think with that technology we can prevent the world from becoming almost uninhabitable because as it is it looks like we're yeah. going on a course of yeah, slowly we're using our resources well right um, anytime we talk about those doomsday type things in any class, I, there's a point to talk about it, like, or things are going to get bad, but then again, we have other issues I think that would take us out before evolution, or right. lack of evolution. I mean, today we have... Would there be another meteor, yeah, volcanic eruption? That's one thing, Yellowstone exploding, yeah. I mean, we can talk into the world centers all day long with evolution. Right. But, uh, yeah, that, and that is what causes a lot of evolutionary advance are apocalyptic type scenarios where species then proliferate and find new environments to live in and shape those environments if one is destroyed right yeah. it, like you said it's probably more likely that's going to happen long before i mean i know because even though we are on that course to you know unhab being able to well, not live on earth i mean that's right we're talking over a course of and then war and everything else it's uh we'll take yeah. each other out before that right um is there a question i should be asking on this topic should be asking about human evolution. Um, hmm. um, I know not that I'm thinking of. Uh, 
or something you're missing on it. No. No, there's lots of good stuff, you know. I can think of some fun things we haven't talked about that are highly debated, like eyeballs are always highly debated in evolution. How so? Uh, just, you know, we kind of know where they came from, but, you know, the fact that one argument, people will argue against evolution with a structure like the eyeball, with how complex it is. Mm -hmm. But then people for evolution will also use the eyeball because it's so imperfect, you know, it, it gives us our image upside down. And our brain has turned it right side up. I mean, we see everything literally is hitting our eyes upside down. Um, so there are lots of imperfections, let alone the numerous numbers of eye diseases, not seeing things right, not seeing things bad. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when you talked about it earlier or asked about uh, topics you could focus on, the eyeballs. I mean, the eyeball, you, you could go on for days about it starting as like a single photoreceptor mm. to a group of photoreceptors to, you know, maybe being able to actually see to, is it only used for circadian rhythms? Mm. Or if you don't have eyes, do you have circadian rhythms? Um, it's, you know, the eyes interesting. So what's the duration, or not the duration, I guess, what was the evolutionary process? It, I, they, I mean, they think it started, of course, with like, um, you know, seat in the water, with mm. things like lampreys, um, where it was like a single cell mm -hmm. that could detect light and it could have been used for movement or just detecting night and day or but yeah I mean it, everything just starts from a single cell and changes from there mm -hmm. I mean is there anything else you'd like to add uh, no I mean you know evolution explains everything in biology and so to be anti-evolution, I suppose, is, is um, if your reason is not religion, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what your reason would be right. when I hear people that are like anti-evolution, but uh, yeah, it explains everything that we are and the way everything works. It all comes down to evolution. Right. I mean, we've come so far with technology and everything, it's pretty easy to break it down from where we're at now to at least where it was before. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got, though.